This is the show that's all about the South. This is the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl, as we start another week of all Southern goodness. Great to have you on board. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We've got headlines in a moment and sadly some tragic stories. Sad from both the passing of a former governor of Louisiana and some real horrible tragedies there this past weekend. We'll tell you about news out of the Pelican State in just a few minutes. Also, later in this hour, we're going to have the Y'all Street Business Report. Well, we kind of give you some of the headlines going on in the business world. We even have something we don't talk about a lot that means a lot to a lot of you, and that's your mattress. And we've got a little story, thanks to CNBC, to pass along. And I'm actually going to tell you where some of the leading mattress manufacturers are located, and you won't be leave what I tell you. They're from the South, of course. So I'll have that information, and we hope that won't put you to sleep. But if it does put you to sleep, we want you to be sleeping on one of those good Southern companies' mattresses. That's coming up in our Y'all Street Business Report later this hour. And before the hour is up today, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo, where we go on and find all kinds of fun stuff on social media. And I promise you, you'll get a good laugh when we have hashtag Hullabaloo coming up in just a few. In our second hour today, we'll start off with a bunch of headlines from across the sports world that happened over the weekend, including the tragic death of a former Texas Longhorn running back great. That's going to be coming up in our sports headlines, and we have other headlines coming from the college sports world as we're now in game week mode. Florida and Miami will be kicking off Saturday night in Orlando. So information about those two teams, including, hey, I don't think this is the end of that rivalry here this weekend. These two teams have an announcement, and we'll tell you what that is in our college sports headlines here of today's Y'all Show. Then we have some headlines from golf, as we are having, the, the I guess, the Super Bowl of golf this weekend, at least financially. It's taking place at East Lake Country Club, east of Atlanta, and it's the FedEx Championship. It's the playoff. It's, it's it's the championship of FedEx this weekend, and we'll tell you who the points leader is and who's likely to walk away with $10 million here in the final weekend of the regular season, if you call it that, or even the playoff season of the PGA Tour. Plus, we've got some golf on the amateur side to tell you about. A Mississippian captures the top amateur honor, and we'll let you know who that is. And all that's coming up in our Sports Rewind from the weekend and later in the show in the second hour we're going to welcome in the teller of tales from takapola jerry short will be dropping by and he's going to repack, recap what he did last week when he went to graceland and memphis for the candlelight vigil that the graceland property holds each year in memory of elvis presley on the day of his death august 16th and jerry withstood the very hot temperature and the long lines and the crowds and everything else there in memphis and he's going to let us know what that was like and some of his elvis stories all that coming up on our takapola storyteller time with jerry short and that is a look at what is coming up on today's y'all show sounds like a great time of course and want to also remind you that we have great shows coming your way also on tuesday where we'll look at some of our southern political headlines and the barrister bodacious barbecue will be dropping by tuesday and then more fun coming throughout the week if you would like to be a part of the y'all show we welcome your feedback our number is 803-816-1170 so easy for you to connect us and and be a part of the y'all show our website is y'all on facebook you can find us y'all.com on facebook twitter instagram at y'all show and then on the streaming app
apps you can find us iHeartRadio, the itunes podcast app and the tune in radio app and iHeartRadio. if i didn't say that already yeah those are all free of charge and available for you 24 7 to download and get linked up and listening in to the all southern show we call the y'all show well looking at our headlines the former governor of louisiana the governor when hurricane katrina passed through the pelican state kathleen blanco she died on sunday and she had been dealing with cancer for the last couple of years and she died sunday in lafayette in hospice care at the age of 76 her family put a statement out that was released by john bell edwards the current governor of louisiana saying that our hearts are broken but we are joyful in knowing that she is rejoicing in our heavenly reunion with Christ. Please pray for God's peace to carry us through the coming days and months of sorrow as we mourn her absence from our lives. Again, that a Blanco family statement. She had a rare eye cancer, and she had battled successfully back in 2011, but it later returned and ended up spreading to her liver. Her death came more than a year after the Democrat who served in the state government offices for more than two decades announced in December 2017 that she was being treated for the incurable melanoma. And she described it in the fight for my own life, one that will be difficult to win. Again, the former governor back in the mid-2000s, governor, when that state had to undergo the awful conditions and just everything that came with Hurricane Katrina, Governor Kathleen Blanco of Louisiana dead at the age of 76. Now, as far as what's going to be happening with the, I guess, the rights for Governor Blanco, what we do know, there will be a funeral mass on Saturday with a private burial. Also, a public visitation will be in Lafayette on Friday. And there will also be an interfaith service for her at St. Joseph's Cathedral in downtown Baton Rouge on Thursday, beginning at 10 a.m. Her body will be brought to the capital of Louisiana around 1230 that day, where it will lie in state in front of the closed Senate doors in the rotunda. Those are just some of the details. Again, her home area is Lafayette. That's where, again, her funeral mass will be held on Saturday with a private burial. The the life of Governor Kathleen Blanco remembered in Louisiana. Now, some more tragic news coming from Louisiana over the weekend. A longtime television anchor in New Orleans at Fox 8 died in a plane crash on Friday. Nancy Parker had been with Fox 8 for 23 years, and she died in this plane crash that also killed the pilot of the plane. She was shooting a story in a stunt plane when she died. She was 53 years old, survived by her husband, and three children her state her fox eight put a statement out saying we mourn the loss of our longtime colleague and friend nancy parker details have not been released by authorities but we confirm that she did pass away in this plane crash while covering a story at the new orleans lakefront airport again this fox eight anchor in new orleans dead after a plane crash i saw drew Brees put a statement out about the death of this longtime new orleans louisiana television personality another tragic story coming from louisiana over the weekend a popular louisiana fishing charter pilot named theophile burjo died in a plane crash and two people ended up being rescued he had burjo fishing charters and this plane that he had it was kind of a plane that would go out into the gulf of mexico a seaplane and it crashed on sunday in the chandelier sound According to the U.S. Post Coast Guard, the man identified there as the only person that was killed was the owner of the company. Again, Theophile Bourgeois, I guess is how they pronounce it there. A call came in on Sunday afternoon saying contact with the plane had been lost. 
a helicopter crew that arrived at the scene in the waters of the St. Bernard Parish recovered two of the plane's occupants, one conscious, the other unconscious, both transported to the University Medical Center in New Orleans, where the unconscious person was declared dead. And that, again, the head of the bourgeois fishing charters there, a guy that a lot of people in the New Orleans area and certainly in that part of the state who go out on fishing charters and such are familiar with that name. And we certainly have his family as well. As we said, the Fox 8 anchor that died, Nancy Parker, their families and our thoughts and prayers here in this very difficult time. In South Carolina, a 90-year-old man has been charged with murdering his 83-year-old wife. This happened in Ridgeville, and this happened in the lower part of South Carolina early over the weekend. And this happened when deputies responded to a home in Ridgeville at 520 in the morning after dispatch they received a call from a man who said he shot his wife. A motive not clear at this time, but the deputies took Edwin Nelson Jr., a 90-year-old man, into custody connection with the murder of Sarah M. Nelson, his wife. They found the wife on the floor suffering from a gunshot wound when they arrived, and she later died at the scene, according to the Dorchester County, South Carolina coroner, Paul Brothers. Suspect was scheduled to have a bond hearing on Sunday, autopsy of his wife's body plan at the Medical University of South Carolina. And this again happened in Ridgeville, which is about 45 miles due north of Charleston, just off of Interstate 26 in the low country of South Carolina in Dorchester. But a 90-year-old man, again, accused now of murdering his 83-year-old wife. Sad news from the world of broadcasting and sports is Jack Whitaker, the Hall of Fame sports broadcaster, has died at the age of 95. Now, he was not from the South, but a lot of people love that voice of Jack Whitaker as he worked for a long time with CBS Sports. And he was a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania native. And get this, he was actually wounded at Omaha Beach three days after the D-Day invasion and went on into broadcasting, working at WCAU in Philadelphia, and then spent 22 years working for CBS Sports. And he then worked for ABC from 1982 in the news and sports divisions and was part of the network's Olympics coverage in the L.A. Olympics of 1984 and the Seoul Olympics of 1988. Whitaker had been the only living play-by-play announcer from the first 21 Super Bowls. And again, this man passing away at age 95, Jack Whitaker. We'll call him an honorary Southerner here, as many of us grew up, at least in part, listening to his play-by-play on television. Now to Texas politics we go. The lieutenant governor there is Dan Patrick, and he had to receive a stint after heart blockage was discovered. He had this stint inserted in his chest after he experienced some heart blockage issues at the end of last week. A statement from the lieutenant governor's office says Patrick was experiencing significant chest pains and taken to a hospital. A doctor at Houston Methodist Willowbrook Hospital performed a number of tests that were negative, but a final one showed a dangerous heart blockage. Patrick later was released from the hospital and will return to work in the coming days. The statement put out by Patrick says that he wants to raise awareness about this critical health issue and will have more to say about that going forward. Again, this is the... Some would say controversial lieutenant governor of the state of Texas, Dan Patrick, as he's been a very big proponent of President Donald Trump and all the conservative policies of the president, as well as all the conservative policies in the Lone Star State. 
Here's a little bit different news to pass along. This comes from the state of Oklahoma here on today's y'all show. The Oklahoma-based Cherokee Nation now plans to appoint a tribe, a uh, first ever delegate from the tribe to the U.S. House of Representatives, which is actually outlined in a nearly 200-year-old treaty with the federal government. In a letter to the Speaker of the Cherokee Nation Tribal Council sent out last week, Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. requested a special meeting of the council later this month to consider confirming Kimberly Teehee, a former advisor to President Barack Obama, to the position. Hoskin, the tribe's former Secretary of State, was elected leader of the 370,000 citizen uh, Cherokee tribe. That's what we're talking about, the country's largest tribe. In June, she got 58% of the vote. So you might just see what I guess would be a delegate in the U.S. Congress representing Oklahoma and the Cherokee Nation, Kimberly Teehee, as that nation seeks congressional dele- a voice in Washington, D.C. And who knew that this is part of a 200-year-old treaty with the federal government? I wonder why the Cherokee Nation hasn't had someone there before, but I guess there's a lot of lot of problems going through the many decades between the Cherokees as well as all the other native tribes in Oklahoma and other southern states and the federal government. We wish her well if indeed the, the treaty is honored here in 2019. Now, speaking of politics, a bunch of Democratic presidential candidates were in Atlanta over the weekend speaking to black millennial voters. You found Cory Booker of New Jersey there, as well as Julian Castro of Texas and Pete Buttigieg of Indiana. They were all part of this conference that focused on Christianity and the black church. And a lot of the, again, presidential contenders, their organizers with the Black Church PAC announced they wanted to hear the candidates' plans to combat policies that lead to racism and specifics on minimizing gun violence, mass incarceration, and economic equality castro organizers say was the first candidate to confirm his attendance at the conference he touted his plans for fair housing policies and creating national use of force policy to cut down on police brutality castro said we would go after states that use voter suppression like georgia did stacy abrams would be the governor if not for what kemp did to keep people off the rolls and a large crowd cheered him on there again this is the latest stop that a lot of these presidential contenders on the democratic side are doing at these minority minority majority i guess you could call it convention in this case these millennial voters that are black in atlanta georgia and i saw also we'll have some more follow-up on this tuesday's y'all show in our political report but Beto O'Rourke was bouncing back and forth over the weekend between Mississippi and Arkansas. I don't know if you saw video of him jogging in Jackson, Mississippi, and then I saw him wearing a Razorback hat when he was in Arkansas. He can't make up his mind, can he? Hey, if you've ever traveled down West End Avenue in Nashville for over 25 years, you know, Vanderbilt University isn't necessarily going to win the award for probably having the most rabid fan base. But one thing that I've seen in my many travels of SEC towns that Vanderbilt does that I don't know of anybody else that does this. They've always had that mural right there on West End Avenue at the corner of 28th Avenue South and West End. And it always has the current coaches of Vanderbilt on there. I won't say this is a Picasso. It's 
kind of loosely done there, but it changes every year, or at least every time there's a coaching change, they put a new mural up there on West End Avenue. Well, believe it or not, this longtime mural in Nashville near Vanderbilt University is gone. The mural had been a fixture on a building there for 27 years as the original business there, you Greek, me Greek, had it done 27 years ago. But the mural's artist, Michael Cooper, went on Facebook on Sunday to say the mural that was on the wall and has been constantly updated for 27 years is literally gone. And he's not very happy about it. He said he had been talking with Vanderbilt about a total resign of the mural, and now Vanderbilt is whitewashing it, literally. There's just a white wall there with a Vanderbilt star, and it looks like Vanderbilt's athletic department is kind of taking this thing over and I don't know who the rightful owner. My point in telling you this is if you're you're driving down West End in Nashville, if you happen to be there, and you're looking to see this Commodore-inspired mural, it's going to look a lot different if it's even there at all. So keep that in mind. And remember, we're just days away from those Vanderbilt Commodores kicking it off against the Georgia Bulldogs as the 2019 season opener for Vanderbilt is against their SEC East foe Georgia Bulldogs at Vanderbilt Stadium that Saturday of Labor Day weekend. That would be next Saturday. Hey, how about some fines here as we wrap up our headlines from across the South on today's Y'all Show? A man in Virginia has acquired a rare dime from a collector, and it only set him back $1.3 million. Virginia Beach resident John Brush acquired the 125-year-old U.S. silver dime in a public auction at the American Pneumostatic Association at the end of last week. That association's meeting, by the way, in Chicago. And John Brush, who's president of David Lawrence Rare Coins of Virginia Beach, bought the coin on behalf of collector Dale Loy Hansen, who's from Salt Lake City. Only 24 dimes were struck at the San Francisco Mint back in 1894, and researchers can only account for nine of them today. So it is an extremely rare coin, thus the $1.3 million price tag that this collector had to pay to get this dime, this 10-cent piece going way back, again, to the 1890s, 1894 I don't know, I guess they didn't use a lot of dimes in those days or something like that, but now this Virginian has it, at least temporarily, the dime worth $1.3 million. Well, just shy of that amount is some news coming about Dwayne Allman, the good old Southern rocker, Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers, as fans of the Macon, Georgia-based singer said, they didn't expect the late musician's old guitar to sell for nearly 1.3. It sold for $1.25 million at a recent auction. The gold top guitar is the one Almond played in the hit song Layla, where he performed with Eric Clapton. Until recently, the guitar, officially called Layla, had been on display at the Almond Brothers Band Museum at the Big House in Macon, Georgia. And the director there, Richard Brent, said, that I don't think anybody expected of what ended up being the amount that it sold for the history of what it is is what sold it and the man said the man who bought the guitar at the auction is an out-of-town collector who wishes to remain anonymous it was not me was it you layla the guitar of Dwayne allman selling for 1.25 million dollars Dwayne allman played the guitar on the first two allman brothers records and in loan me a dime with Bob skaggs he also had the recording Layla with Derek and the Dominoes is among the last times Almond played that guitar. So 
good southern rock information layla the old guitar of mr allman selling for 1.25 to an anonymous buyer and another georgian that would be proud of this next headline not Dwayne allman but jeff foxworthy i happened to see a video of him over the weekend and god is he not hilarious well jeff would be proud of this this needs to be one of his new redneck jokes a man in florida dumped dirt on his girlfriend's borrowed car with a front-end loader according to police and yes this man hunter mills was arrested and arrested at an excavating company in crestview florida there in the florida panhandle charged with criminal mischief as he allegedly damaged a white cadillac after he dumped a bunch of dirt with a front-end loader when his girlfriend showed up to his job Friday in the borrowed car. According to the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office, Mill's girlfriend went to the excavating company after he told her that he wanted to talk, and she arrived in a white 2010 Cadillac belonging to someone else. After she refused to answer a question, the defendant used a front-end loader and dumped a bucket full of dirt on the roof of the driver's side half of the car, according to the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office. The girlfriend luckily was not injured, but the driver's side window was open. This caused dirt to fill up the air vents, center console, and power windows, according to the sheriff's office. And they put out photos of the damaged Cadillac on Twitter. If you want a good laugh, check it out. I'm sure somebody's not happy their 2010 Caddy ended up having orange construction dirt off this front-end loader dumped right on top of the car. It's a nasty-looking thing there. And the panhandle of florida but that's one way to get back at this lady i guess but yeah i don't want to see the price tag for the repair of that car hopefully the car is running smooth that would be a great testimonial for cadillac if they don't have to pump in a bunch of money to get that one fixed but yeah it's ugly oh man jeff you can make some kind of red you know you're a redneck if you dump car on a cadillac dump dirt on a car on a cadillac that is well, we're not dumping anything on you, but excitement about the Southeast on the Y'all Show. That's what we do. And when we come back, we're going to dump a bunch of great Southern business news your way. We're even going to talk about mattresses. So that's up next. You don't want to miss out on fun. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, crossfit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in Southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org. Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. 
Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high Baby, you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the bank It's the Y'all Show as we get another week up and going with your host, John Our number, 803-816-1170 here on Y'all It's time now to take a look at some of our southern business news And congratulations to Huntsville, Alabama and the Marshall Space Flight Center there as NASA has picked Alabama's Rocket City to lead development of the next moon lander for astronauts. And the Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville beat out Johnson Space Center in Houston, which managed the Apollo lunar lander a half century ago. The new lunar lander, not yet built or even designed, is meant to carry an American woman and man to the moon's south pole by 2024. Under the plan, the astronauts will depart for the surface from a small space station around the moon and return there. Now, three Republican members of Congress from Texas, Senator Ted Cruz and John Cornyn, as well as Representative Brian Babin, had asked that the decision be reconsidered. But it looks like NASA is going to keep on trucking to Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, which has for generations been where they kind of tested the propulsion portion of going to the moon and the rockets and all that it's rocket city they call it that for a reason and at least this next generation of lunar landers is going to kind of be centered in north alabama and that is big news for huntsville and all of the tennessee valley well back to texas for some i guess better news if you're a texan kind of down and out about losing out on this project with nasa well this actually may not be the best of news for you walmart has lost its bid to sell hard liquor in texas a federal appeals court said a law in texas that keeps walmart from selling packaged liquor in the state does not violate the constitution texas allows privately held businesses but not publicly held corporations such as walmart to own package stores where hard liquor is sold and a ruling by the u.s fifth circuit court of appeals in new orleans says a federal judge erred in ruling that the texas restriction is discriminatory and violates constitutionally protected interstate commerce here's some legal ease here on today's y'all show the court sent the case back to the federal district court in texas for further consideration walmart spokesperson ann hatfield says the company is disappointed with the ruling and is considering its options but for right now walmart losing its round in its bid to sell hard liquor in the state of texas now here's some business news from the south that you probably it it means a lot to you but you probably don't think a lot about it there's now over 175 online mattress companies and it's hard for people to tell them apart a story out on cnbc.com does a great job of kind of letting you know some of the main competitors out there in the mattress biz experts estimate again around 175 in the business many say the mattresses have very similar foam formulations and sometimes are even manufactured by the same companies sameness in the company's branding and marketing strategies create confusion for the consumers but a lot of these guys have these mattresses and then ups and other people like fedex have to deliver them the bjfs of the world have to go out there and work hard delivering these bed and boxes (laughs) and i know that's tough along with all the other big packages that they have to deliver 
But sure enough, online mattress purchases for, again, nearly 200 companies. A survey by the International Sleep Products Association reported that 45% of mattresses purchased in the last year were done online. That's up from 35% for purchases in 2017. I know there's a couple of things. Personally, I don't really want to have to buy online. I've tried the whole buying shoes online before. That didn't work out too good. There's something about having a a real shoe in front of you to try on and make sure it really does fit. So I think shoes still have a purpose out there in brick and mortar stores. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. I I think we, we all need to kind of go try a mattress out at our favorite mattress store, of which there's no shortage of them, by the way, and make sure you're going to survive there. But maybe these online deals offer a deal where you can try it out for a couple of days weeks and then if you don't like it you can ship it back i'm not sure what all their warranties and information are out there but yes a bunch of online mattress companies and probably a lot more coming now speaking of mattress companies i wanted to kind of highlight a couple of our southern mattress companies and let you know where they're located so up first is the simmons bedding company and Simmons has its sister company, Serta International. Uh, that's kind of what they do. They're one of the leaders in this biz. And the Simmons Betting Company has been around since 1870. Its headquarters are in Atlanta, Georgia. Their brands include Beauty Rest and Beauty Sleep. The parent company, Serta Simmons Betting LLC, Simmons Betting Company, Atlanta, Georgia. So that's a great thing you probably did not know about. Another big one out there in the mattress world is Tempure Sealy International. And they make mattresses and bedding projects. And they have the memory foam mattresses. And what a huge company there, Tempure Sealy International, based in Lexington, Kentucky, with 7,100 7, employees there at Tempure Sealy. And out of Lexington, Kentucky. And finally, another mattress company. This one's a little bit more on the online side of things, but they've sold 35,000 plus mattresses, donated mattresses, and just do a great job. And it's Lisa, L-E-E-S-A, Lisa Mattresses, L-E-E-S-A dot com, the website. And they're born on the restful shores of Virginia Beach, Virginia. And they are a direct to consumer online mattress company dedicated to delivering american-made mattresses lisa l-e-e-s-a probably haven't seen that one in a store only online but yes they're a virginia beach based manufacturer of mattresses and also available in some stores out there too so check it out if you're wanting to do a little upgrade on your sleeping device this might be a good option And that is a look at some of our y'all business headlines here on today's y'all show. Hope you have a good night's rest now after hearing some of the mattress information that we pass along to you. When we come back on y'all, we're going to pass along some Southern fun. We've got hashtag hullabaloo coming your way. It's up next on y'all. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. 
Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Y'all talk with a southern accent, and we want to hear your accent. Text or call 803-816-1170 with a question or comment. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. Make sure to like the Y'all.com Facebook page and bookmark the website, Y'all.com, which has bunches of great southern reads. And get the on-demand editions at iTunes Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and the iHeartRadio apps. Now back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Thank you, madame. And sure enough, those are the ways to connect to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. All right, here we go now on hashtag Hullabaloo Monday edition of the All Southern Program. We start off with a tweet coming to us from Al Phipps 64 Al Phipps 64 on Twitter. Southern Chick, PR and development guru, passion for healthcare and social justice. And Al Phipps 64 writes, I ask Alexa 99 to play soundtrack Spamalot. And next thing we hear, do you want to build a snowman? Hashtag frozen. That B just doesn't understand Southern at all. LOL, LOL. Gary got it on the first try, which always makes me nuts. She loves him. Uh, okay. I don't know what exactly you're talking about there, but yeah, Alexa just might not be quite the Southern translator maybe not quite built at the factory for the south that would be alexis so work on that okay but we appreciate you sharing that southern chick known as al phipps 64 up next hey inspired southerner is back with us we've had a lot of tweets coming from inspired southerner and here's another one from inspired underscore south who tells real stories about the south and is based in birmingham here is what inspired southerner writes and that is a guide to the best new Southern barbecue joints. This is a link to at Garden and Gun. And it is a story again from Garden and Gun about the best new Southern barbecue joints. And I don't want to give away the list here because I want to give Garden and Gun some credit for coming up with this list. Although extremely arguable, extremely, I would say, controversial because in the world of barbecue, Everybody has an opinion. I will tell you one place that seems like a great place that's new. Again, these are new Southern barbecue joints that Garden and Gun has kind of singled out. And it's Bow and Arrow, which is located in Auburn, Alabama. Bow and Arrow. And I looked at the photo of the place. Looks really, really cool. And I'm sure the barbecue is delish. And when you're on the plains of Auburn, go to Bow and Arrow and let us know. Is it really that good or is it Garden and Gun? which is kind of an uppity Southern magazine, just 
so far uppity they don't know what good barbecue is. Check it out, bow and arrow. Let us know. 803-816-1170. See not CN Warnicki is on Twitter and it's at Warnicki reading writer, reader, and former editor editor of 30 indie books completed my first fantasy novel and querying snarky shark psychophant and right chat host. Okay. This person likes to write Warnicki reading. All right. Well, I have to enjoy the photo they included with this actual message they put on Twitter this week. Nothing says the South quite like moss draped on oaks. Hashtag tree. Hashtag flower report. Well, CN, you are right on the money there. I, I've said it here. You might be tired of hearing me say it. But when you see those moss draped live oak trees, it's the South. They don't have those in Chicago. They don't have them in Los Angeles. They don't have them in the desert. They don't have them in the mountains even. It's it's in our coastal areas of the southeast, and it's awesome. It's majestic. And I don't think they have this kind of tree with all the moss on it in other countries. And I don't think they have it in the Caribbean islands, some of which are not very far from our southern states. I don't. I don't recall seeing a photo of a a live oak with moss on it in a place like the Bahamas or Bermuda, for goodness sakes. Maybe they're there. I just haven't seen it. But I'm not sure how this came to be. But we kind of have a monopoly on the moss draped on oaks scene. And we love it. Now, speaking of that, over the weekend, if y'all were like me and you were flipping through the television, you were trying to find something halfway decent worth watching I found on the Paramount Network, which is a little ah, a little upsetting for me to watch that network, because if you know anything about the Paramount Network, it actually is the descendant of the Nashville Network, TNN, a network that I worked for back in the early 90s. And I love my time at the Nashville Network, TNN. And unfortunately, TNN morphed ultimately into spike tv and now the geniuses up north decided to turn spike tv into the paramount network and there's no connection whatsoever to the south much less nashville with this latest channel that is on most people's direct tv and or on their cable system but guess what they were running several times this past weekend forrest gump and in, I had not seen, I really haven't seen the movie in its entirety since the 90s, but I did try to watch it on Paramount this weekend. And what a great movie. But boy, it's a long movie anyway. And then if you put it on the cable television where they have all the commercial breaks, it's about a five-hour commitment if you want to watch Forrest Gump. And they cut out some stuff, and I don't like that. But maybe you watched it just like I did over the weekend. And if you did, you saw those moss-draped oak trees on Forrest Gump because it's supposed to represent Greenbow, Alabama, and also Bayou Labattery, where Bubba was from. But did you know that Forrest Gump was actually filmed in the Beaufort and Bluffton areas of South Carolina, as well as Savannah, Georgia? But yes, it was primarily filmed in southern South Carolina, the low country of South Carolina. So when you see those old homes and the moss and all that, that's not Alabama. That's South Carolina. Forrest Gump. Check it out. And of course, the scenes where he's waiting on the bus most certainly 
or Savannah, Georgia. And he even says that he's there to meet Miss Jenny there in Savannah at the end of the movie. So, yeah, that movie has plenty of good moss-draped oaks, and what a great thing. Certainly Southern. Rodney D. Perry II is on Twitter at rdperry2. Two as in two eyes, like Roman numeral two. And Rodney D. Perry's profile says, knowing who I am and not letting another tell me different. That sounds pretty darn good. Well, Rodney put on Twitter this week, I just want the collard greens, cornbread, and rice with some Tabasco and Louisiana hot sauce mixed together. Hashtag lifestyle. Well, hey, that is certainly you got to know who you are. Your Twitter profile said knowing who I am and not letting another tell me different. Well, we're not telling you any different, Rodney. You get them collard greens, cornbread, rice. I don't know if that's brown rice, white rice, dirty rice. And you got to have here. Here's what really is unusual about his combination here. He's got both Tabasco and Louisiana hot sauce all mixed in together. I haven't seen that one. Most restaurants only have one or the other or some other brand. I've seen some restaurants have a whole wall of nothing but hot sauce options because there's a lot of us out there that really love our hot sauces and we want to try to get the one that we love most. And a lot of you don't necessarily want to go with the more, I would say, the Coca-Cola of Tabasco of, of hot sauces, which is Tabasco, in my opinion. Louisiana hot sauce is kind of the Pepsi-Cola. But then you got all these other smaller brands that are beloved by a lot of you. A lot of restaurants in the South really have those two that I miss, mentioned kind of as their their standard bearers of hot sauces. But, yeah, mixing it in with the cornbread and collard greens, I bet you that was delicious. And I'd love to know more about Rodney, how, how it all worked out for you. John Jackson's on Twitter at John NX Libris, and he says, goes really well with hush puppies. That's what he puts out there. He's got a picture along with the statement goes really well with hush puppies of a picture of forge sellers wine which is actually from the finger lakes region of new york state so it's not a southern wine called forge sellers but he must like the wine and he says it goes really well with hush puppies so he's a little class here he sounds like a garden and gun reader well marie kennedy replied back to john jackson she writes about going really well with hush puppies she writes what doesn't (laughs) hashtag southern you know marie you got a point i mean you could put hush puppies with just about anything any kind of type of food italian you could put it with mexican a taco and a hush puppy sounds really good of course hush puppies a lot of that is cornmeal and of course tacos are made out of corn and uh, that's probably a great combination you could have it with, I guess, hush puppies for breakfast would be a good combination, too. I don't know who gets the credit for inventing hush puppies, but they need a big hug. Let's give it to them. And that is a great thing to, to point out here on today's Y'all Show. Now let's go to Jeff Latrell Outdoors at Latrell underscore Jeff. Fishing and hunting production company. Make sure y'all check out our YouTube channel and have a great day. So go to Jeff Latrell Outdoors. And here's what Jeff Latrell wrote on Twitter this week. Dang sure am glad I found a new way to get rid of those mosquitoes. Hashtag outdoor living. Hashtag Tennessee. Hashtag outside. And again, Jeff Latrell Outdoors. Check out the YouTube channel. Looks like he's based in Tennessee and is all over the volunteer state with great outdoors coverage. He's got 
a little gif he put up on twitter this week the simple way to kill mosquitoes he's got three ingredients well four i i I should mention four here four simple ways to kill mosquitoes you got to have salt white tequila a stick and a rock all right but he's got a kind of statement here to go along with these four items of how to kill simply at least mosquitoes skeeters you don't want those skeeters when you're traveling throughout the volunteer state especially in the outdoors you might be going into the elk river or the duck river or the let's see in east tennessee you get you got the pigeon river in west tennessee you got the forked deer you don't want to have a bunch of skeeters there in the hatchie river or lord knows you might be brave enough to try to do some outdoor stuff around the mississippi in west tennessee so you got to have a couple of things according to this man to help out to kill kill mosquitoes kill them skeeters salt white tequila stick and a rock but here you also need to know this the mosquito thinks that the salt is sugar when he eats the salt he's going to get thirsty thinking the white tequila is water he drinks it and gets drunk he starts to walk away but he trips over the stick hitting his head on the rock and dies of head injuries now that's a little far-fetched come on jeff but point is maybe a mosquito might if you got that tequila you might as well pull out the salt the stick and the rocket and let's just let's just test jeff latrell outdoors and see if this really works don't know but again he sure is glad he found a new way to get rid of them mosquitoes and we're all ready to get rid of them mosquitoes but i'll tell you what jeff come here uh come back to me in about three months four months when it's cold and i bet you won't find too many mosquitoes in the volunteer state when you're out there fishing hunting and everything else that you're doing speaking of that i was traveling over the weekend and i don't really get too excited about the outdoors but man at dusk right when the sun was setting on saturday evening i was driving alongside a cotton field and staring right at me like five feet away from the road was about a 10 point buck just looking me right in the eye it wasn't moving it looked like a statue and i was blown away and i thought man that is cool because we don't see bucks that often i'm sorry we see does all the time we hardly ever see bucks i'm not trying to be a chauvinist here i'm just being honest i mean you do the comparison and I don't know what the bucks are doing. We must must not have a lot of them. I hardly ever see them, at least. Or they're really good at hiding. This guy was right by the road. I'm surprised I didn't hit him. But he was still, he looked like a statue. I turned around to come back to look at him closer. He was gone. So it wasn't a statue. And then on Sunday, I was driving. And boy, you talk about a lucky dog. It wasn't a deer. But I actually should have hit a a darn lassie dog a rough collie it wasn't lassie but boy it was a lucky dog it was stopped right in the middle of the road i had to hit the brakes and then right when i was right on it it started coming at the side of my car and then there was a car right behind me that should have hit it hopefully want to be lassie you made it through the day and you need to be in a fence somewhere but lucky dog we got to be careful out there when we're driving like i said i didn't hit that buck but man deers are they're they're just extremely dangerous and then of all things a dog i had a bigger scare with a darn collie than i had with that big buck be careful out there we want everybody to 
to be safe on our highways and byways of Dixie. That's our hashtag, Hullabaloo, wrapping up the fun of the South here in this first hour of the Monday edition. When we come back after the break, we're going to have sports review, what happened over the weekend, and then we'll have Jerry Short on to recap last week's candlelight vigil at Graceland as he went to honor the king of rock and roll. This is y'all. We will return. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, crossfit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org. Back into another hour of the show all about Dixie. This is y'all, and it's great to have you back as we'll have the Takapola Storyteller. He'll be on in just a few minutes, and he's going to kind of go through what happened last week with Graceland hosting the Candlelight Vigil as Elvis's death date was August 16th, and Jerry braved the nearly 100-degree temperatures to go stand in line with a little candlelight, and we'll find out what exactly that meant and some of his other Elvis memories as he got to see him many times in concert, had a chance to talk to him at least once in his life. And Jerry Short coming up here in just a few with the Takapola Storyteller time of the Y'all Show. We start out this hour with a look back at the weekend in sports. Former Chicago Bear and Cincinnati Bengal and played collegiately at the University of Texas. Running back Cedric Benson was killed in a motorcycle crash in texas benson's attorney said that austin law enforcement told him that the running back was killed in a wreck saturday night and he did not have the details of what had happened the attorney went on to say cedric was just not a client he was my friend he was immensely talented and fierce on the football field yet most have no idea the difficulties he overcame to achieve what he did 
Benson was one of the best recruits in the country out of West Texas, in Midland, Texas, to be specific, when he ended up going to the 40 Acres to be a Texas Longhorn. He played at Texas from 2001 to 2004, and his 5,540 yards ranked second at the UT behind Ricky Williams' total that he had there, which was ninth in NCAA history. He scored 64 career touchdowns with the Horns and won the Doak Walker Award given to the nation's top running back. He won that in 2004, and then he was drafted by the Chicago Bears, went on to play for them, and then had a really good time rushing for the Cincinnati Bengals from 2008 to 2011 while he was in Chicago, by the way, where he was drafted number four overall by the Bears in 2005. He helped the Bears reach the Super Bowl when they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. But again, he had retired from the league and was in the Austin Austin area over the weekend where unfortunately running back Cedric Benson, retired player from the NFL, former Texas Longhorn, killed on a motorcycle at the age of 96. More news on the burnt orange. Receiver Joshua Moore now faces misdemeanor gun charges after police arrested him while he was carrying a loaded pistol in early July in downtown Austin. The Longhorns player from Yoakum, Texas, did not have a license to carry the gun and was released on a $6,000 bond. He had a court date scheduled on Thursday, and court records report that he had been that had been moved to September 23rd. Now he's practiced with Longhorns during preseason camp, and Coach Tom Herman said that he will wait for the legal process to play out before making a decision again on Joshua Moore's status a receiver for the Texas Longhorn, as he has these charges facing him for carrying a gun. Unfortunate news from the South Carolina Gamecock program. Tight end Kale Pollard is having to give up football after a cyst was found on a spinal cord. The Gamecock football program announced the decision about Pollard on Friday. He's a six foot one, 235 pound tight end, and he had a small fracture that he had to undergo with, uh, deal with it last week and was expected to miss up to six weeks. But coach Will Muschamp said the cyst was found during examinations. The coach said the cyst appeared to have been there since he was a child. So scary situation. And he'll be out. He's a senior from Moultrie, Georgia. Played 38 games for the Gamecocks over three seasons and had 17 career catches and two touchdowns. The tight end there, Pollard, no longer a member of the South Carolina Gamecock football team. We wish him all the best. Scary situation. We told you last week about Liberty Flames head football coach Hugh Freeze, the former Mississippi Landshark and Lambeth football coach. He's recovering from a surgery he underwent Friday at the University of Virginia Medical Center after, get this, a potentially life-threatening strand of staph infection entered his bloodstream and complicated what had already been a severe pain he was experiencing from a herniated disc in his back. And now the Flames coach will remain in the hospital through at least sometime this week while doctors continue to run tests. He's got the outpouring of support from the Liberty family, including President Jerry Falwell Jr., And again, the Flames getting ready to start a new season. But right now, the coach, Hugh Freeze, who's had a rough couple of years after being fired for his off-the-field issues in Oxford and then ended up going to be an Arizona Hotshots assistant coach of the Alliance and then quit that before it even started because he had a chance to go be the head coach at Liberty, a second chance, if you will. And now he'll be... I guess, trying to recover from this near-death experience of a staph infection for the 
college football coach. A Mississippi State player, Michael Story, pleaded guilty last week to animal cruelty. The redshirt senior was charged in August of last year with aggravated cruelty to a Great Dane dog. He did not give the dog food or water for three straight days and said that the dog had left been left alone for roughly a week at a time per a complaint. The dog belonged to his ex-girlfriend. The lineman was suspended for two games last year and played in nine other games. A judge has now slapped him with a $1,000 fine, a six-month suspended jail sentence, and two years of probation. This lineman, Michael Story, no word on whether any more discipline action will come from the Mississippi State football program toward him. Well, the Florida Gators and Miami Hurricanes are getting ready to play the first game of the college football season this weekend. They meet up in Orlando on Saturday evening. And both of these programs, which haven't played each other all that much in the last two decades, the Gators and Canes are going to kick off this season. But the two teams have already set up when they will meet again as the Hurricanes and Gators announce they're going to have a home-and-home series in the years 2024 and 2025. So good news for fans of football in the Sunshine State. Looks like you're going to see these two teams do this home-and-home thing instead of a neutral site in the near future now to golf this past weekend they have a second of the playoff tournaments in the pga tour world and at the bmw championship in medina illinois justin thomas out of louisville kentucky and an alabama crimson tide alum he won with a three-stroke victory over patrick cantlay and picked up 1.6 million dollars as a result of winning this playoff victory now golf moves on to east lake where you have the pga championship taking place this weekend and really only i think it's two dozen golfers even make the cut to go to east lake and justin will be right there and he's the leader now in the fedex points and a lot of people are going to have to do much better to try to knock him off his perch as he seeks his second fedex tour championship the playoff championship where you get 10 million dollars and we'll have all the lead up to east lake later on y'all this week and now to the amateur ranks of golf congratulations to little rocks and diogo tree as he won the u.s amateur at pinehurst on sunday and he's from little rock little rock mississippi (laughs) i didn't even know there was a little rock mississippi it's about 30 miles northwest of meridian is where it's located not far from newton mississippi not far from carthage mississippi that's where handy ogletree is from and he's a senior at georgia tech he's he's a great golfer and he was ice he was able to win against a vanderbilt golfer on sunday a kentuckian who plays at vanderbilt and he got the victory there, 2-1 and one in match play over John Augustine. And now Andy Ogletree, the Mississippian who suits up for the white and gold of Georgia Tech, is your U.S. amateur champion. And he gets to play in the Masters. He gets to have all other kind of fun things. He becomes the third Georgia Tech player to win the amateur, joining 1997 winner Matt Kuchar, a big-time player on the PGA Tour. And how about this? Five-time amateur champion, Bobby Jones, perhaps the greatest golfer ever, and a Georgia Tech alum. Those three, all your 
amateur winners in the sport of golf. Congratulations again to Mississippi native Andy Ogletree for picking up the, the hardware there at Pinehurst. And that is your weekend review of all things sports here on Y'all Monday. When we come back, we'll go to Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller. We're going to have a lot of fun finding out how he survived last week's candlelight vigil at Graceland as he went there to pay homage to Elvis Presley. And other great Elvis news coming from Jerry. That's up next as the Y'all Show continues. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. It's the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent. We have found ourselves back in Takapola for another visit with a Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And Jerry, it is great to catch up with you, although you're still a little, probably a little tired from what you did on Thursday and Friday of last week as you celebrated, if you want to call it that, the death of Elvis Presley. Hey, John. Good morning and good afternoon. Or- uh, whatever time it is, like you said, I'm still just kind of out of out of out of the world. Stay up all night at a candlelight vigil for Elvis Presley, and and I'm a little unique being a male that uh, really likes Elvis Presley as much as I do. But however, in the vigil, it was a bunch of men. Bunch of young men, and that was surprising to see. I thought that age group was going to stay up in my in my department, unfortunately. But they uh, they seem to be getting uh, new blood down there for Elvis fans, and they're from all over the world and all over the United States. And you know, I didn't see many local people. It was people from up north and people from out west and uh, foreigners too. So it was really good uh, to, uh, as you said. We still call it celebrating, I guess. The theme was it keep it just keeps on hurting. That was one of his songs, and uh, that was the theme of the night. So I'll uh, I'll just kind of brief you on my uh, connections with Elvis Presley, and and, it's, and then we'll get into the candlelight. 
Okay, well, remind all of our folks that here this week, we are still remembering the king of rock and roll who last Friday on August 16th marked the 42nd anniversary of his passing back in 1977. And Jerry, of course, had a chance to meet Elvis on one occasion and grew up liking his music. And and then as he's about to fill us in, the death back in 1977 was really tough on Jerry, and we'll find out what he did then and what he's continued to do to honor the king of rock and roll, as I'm sure many of you out there listening to this right now also honor the king of rock and roll. You grew up with him. You you love Elvis. You've passed it on to your children, your own grandchildren, and the legacy of Elvis will continue. But Jerry, where were you on that August day back in 77, and what'd you do? Well, I, I had an auditor I was working for a, a timber company, and the auditor was out of New York, and we were uh, we were out in the field auditing uh, timber transactions and things like such. And we got to talking about Elvis that day, not having a clue that Elvis was going to die. And I, I mentioned to him that I was like probably uh, fifth cousin or sixth cousin because of our his mother and my uh, grandmother from uh, Tacopola and Pontiac. County where Elvis and uh, and uh, Elvis's mother Vernon and Gladys got married. So we got into the office, come back in to go over the audit. <clears throat> and when we excuse me, <clears throat> when we got back in uh, into the audit, the secretary said Elvis died today. And I said, "Wait a minute! Uh, don't don't even uh, make uh, don't even play about something like that. I know that's not true." And uh, it was. And the, aud- the auditor from New York said, "You know, we had two more days to audit." He said, "But Jerry, since since you knew Elvis a little bit and your kin uh, a little bit, and uh, he said, I'm just not going to audit. You don't have to go with me to audit. I can audit the rest of it." Why don't you go on? So I went home, and, you know, here I am, a young man broke up over Elvis when, excuse me, I'm sorry, still got a cold, I think, from the candlelight. But uh, uh, I went home, and my wife was broke up, and, you know, we'd been to Elvis concerts. I'd been to 21 Elvis concerts in Vegas to uh, Montgomery to Baton Rouge to Memphis to Jackson to Tuscaloosa. You name it, I'd been to an Elvis concert if I could get to one. And so uh, we went straight to Memphis. And uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard, which it was Bellevue then, uh, we got down on, uh, on the streets, and it's it's four lane in front of Graceland, and and the place was just it was a hundred thousand people down there. You couldn't move. I mean, within hours of his death, which that out with it, I'd say he died that afternoon. I think when they found it, or early that afternoon, and we were that we were in Memphis by six thirty seven o'clock, and it was just covered, and you know it was entertaining. It was a show in uh, Jackson on television. Uh, uh, the guy was there, and he still had makeup on, and he was crying. He did a like a dance party show, and he was down. Uh, Thompson was his name, and he was down there. Down, he was crying on, on uh, Bellevue in front of Graceland. So everybody was just. I mean, it was unbelievable. Flags were already at half mast as we come by the uh, way station, leaving Mississippi, coming into coming into Memphis, and so um, we went and we stayed there as long as we could, and then we came on back the next day. They was going to view the body. And they had it all set up where you'd go with that rope ladder to where they twist and make sure, you know, S turns and you get to get in line. And 
There were just thousands and thousands of people there by the union. We got in the line, and they shut it down at about... Uh, we weren't even close to halfway up to the house. And we, we, were, we hadn't even got through the gate. And they shut it down because people were falling. Women were passing out. It was hot. Yeah, it was probably hot. Oh, gosh, it was some kind of hot. And people were passing out, and ambulances were taking them out. And people, medics were working on them. And let's well, say medics are, and they didn't have really uh, uh, hospital Personnel then in the field, but they had, you know, nurses and things. They were working on them pretty hard and, and people. And so it was just mass confusion and people, you wouldn't have believed it. And it was, it was worse than if a president had been assassinated. And I'd went through one of those, so I kind of could remember it. But, um, anyway, we wanted to go up to the body, but we, they stopped it because some of the people coming through, the ladies were falling over on the coffin and they were crying and carrying on. And Vernon, Elvis's daddy, he said, let's just shut this down now and have the funeral immediately tomorrow. And so they shut it down. Which was not the plan, right? That wasn't the plan. It was the plan was to let people view the bodies, fans and all, and they couldn't even get plane connections in. I know a lot of people in Hollywood. Ann Margaret got here. I saw her the next day with Roger Moore, her husband. Uh, and I saw them the next day. But it wasn't a lot of celebrities that made it because I found out later they couldn't even get plane connections that quick because they buried him so fast. But uh, we came back to that, obviously, to the funeral. And Oh, uh, of course you did. Of course I did. I know. It's just, it was one of those situations. But... Uh, on a lighter note, the first time that uh, I really got close to Elvis, and you know, I wasn't like a major Elvis fan. I was, uh, I liked Elvis music. However, I wasn't one of the, you know, I could go with Pat Boone or or whoever else was available at the time, Tootie Fruity Rudy or Jerry Lee Lewis or anybody. But uh, we, he had a ranch when he was making movies. He hadn't did, he didn't do a concert for years, and he had a ranch down in Mississippi at Horn Lake just across the state line from Graceland and Circle G Ranch and me and my wife and my mother my mother had an employment agency in Memphis so we was up there a lot and we went down to um, down to the uh, ranch and Elvis and his entourage were coming out the front gate and uh, it was Red West and all that, Sonny and all that West and I mean Sonny and all that bunch you know so as they were coming out the uh Gate. I saw. I, t- I told my wife and my do- and my uh, and my mother. I said, "That's Elvis in that front. El- he had a lot of El Caminos. He was buying, give and sell uh, to a friend. He wouldn't sell them. He wouldn't he'd just give everything away. So we followed it, and he stopped at a gas station in Horn Lake, right there on the railroad track, a Gulf station. I remember well. And he had he had a cowboy hat on, and he had riding chaps. I think he was doing a movie at that time called El Charo or something like that. It was a western, so he must have been getting ready for it because he looked like he did in that western movie. So uh, <clears throat> I we stopped there, and I told my mother and my uh, and my wife go on up and get his autograph and get all that and do it, you know. And and they didn't uh, they they were too bashful, so. I said, well, I'll go do it. Well, I got out, and Priscilla was sitting in the in the vehicle that Elvis had been in, but Elvis was propped up on the gas pump as they was doing it with his buddies, and 
I walked up to him and I, you know, I said, can I get your autograph? My wife and all that too. And I'd been looking at Priscilla. But when I got up there and I looked at Elvis, he had some kind of charisma that was just fascinating to me. And, you know, I'm supposed to be a, a macho type guy and supposed to be supposed to be. I, I use the word suppose. <laughs> and so I look, I look at Elvis and I look at his eyes and I look at him and, and, and he's friendly and he's nice and he says something. Well, tell him to come on up here. I'll give him an autograph. And I said, I don't, they're, they're bashful about this or something. And he was really nice. So as I walked back, I never looked back at Priscilla. I mean, she had one of them honey, honeycomb hairstyles back then. And I, I never really looked at her. Elvis looked so doggone good for a man. I got in the car and I told my wife and my, uh, and my mother, I said, "Look, y'all know I'm 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 straight guy, and I lo- I love women, but that dang Elvis Presley is the best looking man. That man's not supposed to be that handsome. So uh, I liked Elvis from then on, and every time Elvis would come around, I'd get a um, I'd get a dog gun ticket if I could. They were hard to get. You had to. I've camped out to get them." and uh, go to his shows and then started going to Vegas to some and so anyway that was my you know first really connection with Elvis and uh, when um, uh, I had met his daddy and talked to his daddy a lot before so uh, I had said something about I knew Vernon and he said yeah Vernon's a character in me and I said yeah but Vernon was running a backhoe across from Graceland when that was just a pasture over there and and I stopped by one day because I could run equipment and Vernon wasn't making any progress with a construction king case 500 backhoe and he was on that creek it runs behind uh, the airplanes over there where they have them across from Graceland and I said oh Vernon, I can, I, I'll move this dirt for you if you want me to. And, oh, no, I'm doing this. Elvis is going to buy me a dozer when I finish moving this up to the other end, up to the other end of this creek here. And they, I'm going to push it in. So I guess Elvis was letting Vernon play the stuff that he didn't get to do when he was a young, poor guy, broke like I was. So anyway, it was real interesting. And I'd stop by and talk to Vernon all the time and try to convince Vernon that we were kin. And, and Gladys was a Chickasaw Indian, and I was a Chickasaw. And Vernon said, no, we're Cherokee. Well, I find out later Vernon was a Cherokee, from, uh, but he married a Chickasaw, his family, back down the line. And that he had he did have Cherokee blood in him, but uh, uh, Gladys had Chickasaw. And her last, it was Gladys Love Presley, and that's how I, we tied in. But Vernon never would buy my... He never would buy my story. He thought I was trying to get in a wheel, I guess. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> Jerry, of course, Elvis passed away mainly because of prescription drugs. Did you know as a great, fran- a great fan of his and a family member, supposedly, that he had these kind of issues? Uh, no, it was all inner inner knowledge if it was such and they should have taken care of him you know i think dr nick probably prescribed him anything he wanted elvis could get anything he wanted um so the only time we knew he would be sick a lot because he would stay on the 10th floor of the baptist hospital and you know he was up all uh all night performing and he'd sleep in the daytime and if you would ride uh down Union and look at Baptist Hospital, if the 10th floor had uh, 
tape and uh, and paper wrappings on all the windows to keep the light out. You knew Elvis was in town, and he was in the hospital. You know, and he 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 went to the hospital a good bit, but that's the only indication that I ever had that you know there was something wrong with him. Thought he might have because his mother died at forty two years old also, and she was a good looking thin woman. And you know, Elvis got some weight later, a lot of weight and swelling looking like that. Now I know that's probably you know too many prescription drugs, and then you know I'm not going to say he didn't do any other drugs. I think most Hollywood probably did. But he just, I, you know, I don't want to think he did, but uh, I don't want to be naive and think he didn't either because cause the whole doggone protest group then, which he wasn't a protester. You know, as you know, he went to the White House with Nixon and he gave President Nixon a, a gun, you know, of all things. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know. NRA probably appreciated that, but I don't know if anybody else did. But Didn't Nixon give him a badge? Yeah, he gave him a badge and Elvis had a collection of badges and He'd ride with the cops sometime at night. You'd see him come out the gate, and he'd ride with the Memphis police. And he was, you know, he was real. Marsh was a uh, chief of police there then, and uh, he would he would he made him an honorary uh, deputy. Elvis liked that kind of stuff, you know. And so anyway, it was it was a it was a different time and a different day. And you know, you had your, your idols, but Elvis went so long without concerts. He was just doing those, and they got, got to be such sorry cheap movies you know they could film them faster than you could film a series of Brady Bunch and uh, but he, he was the highest paid guy in Hollywood making movies and those old cheap movies and songs and so you know he lost some of his fan base then but he, he got back to uh, live performances and when he did you know he just the rest of his career he, you know, he cheered and he, he uh, performed live on stage, which uh, it was really something to see. You know, when they would do the uh, Space Odyssey and it would come, come out and he'd come out on stage and they'd build it up to this big bang and he'd bust out. And, and here I am, supposed to be macho, but uh, that, you know, I'd get chills even when, when he would come out on stage like that. And, Usually with some poke salad Annie or something like that to kick it off, you know. But it was it was really good and and I enjoyed it and that's the reason that this has gone on for forty two years. After you know it's, it's ironic, he was forty two years old and it's, he's been dead forty two years. It's almost almost seems impossible. But uh, I I've gone to quite a few of those things. It was candlelight vigils yeah. that they have on the anniversary of his death. But, you know, at one time, it would be so crowded that you couldn't get in because the Memphis people were coming. It's not as crowded now, but I was really surprised that it was as many people there uh, the other night as it was, that it was because uh, you kind of expect it to die out. Well, we're going to keep talking about it after the break. We're going to come back. I want to ask you how this event the other night that you attended how it was, how you survived. It was a rough night for you and everybody else out there in Memphis, Tennessee at Graceland. We're, this is our time with our Takapola storyteller, the king of storytelling, not rock and roll. And we'll be right back after the break to wrap up today's y'all show. Don't you go anywhere. This is 
is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. is the y'all show as we conclude our monday edition talk with a southern accent with john rawl and our takapola storyteller jerry short still with us as we're remembering the king of rock and roll elvis presley jerry actually attended last week's vigil there the candlelight vigil they hold at graceland each year and he's been to that numerous times since 1977 and Jerry, you were there last week, and you were mentioning before we went to break, you've seen some changes through the years with the people going to that candlelight vigil for Elvis each year, and now you're seeing both young and old alike there. Yeah, John, you know, of course, we were all young at first, and uh, as it developed along, you know, it, it seemed like it was not as many young people, and I thought, well, you know, this thing's playing out, you know, the Elvis is phenomenal, it, it can't continue. But it, you know, each year it would be they'd set up uh, memorials on the on the street and set on the street, and it'd be a lot of people from overseas. Because I know when me and my wife went in uh, the other night, it was some foreigners taking a picture, welcome to Graceland, and then they asked, "You want us to take your picture?" and all this kind of stuff, and and they couldn't speak English good, but I don't even know what nationality they were. But we ran into a lot of those kind of people. They're still flying in from all over the world. Fan clubs come from everywhere, and they're there, and they bring their kids, and uh, 
you know some people do and there's even kids in a stroller now that kid didn't know what it's all about but (laughs) maybe maybe but we stay in line you have to line up to get the candle to go up there and they have a program that starts like at 8 30 and then the vigil starts at nine when you walk up to the gravesite and so there uh you get in line and it's it's, you know this rope line and it twists and kind of like it was for the funeral and 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 I get, we get in it, it we got in it pretty early about eight o'clock and I'd had uh, a knee replacement but it was so many people ahead of me still that it took uh, it took us till about ten thirty to get through the gate and they bring an eternal flame down from the from the burial site they bring it down and light the candles so as you come through the, they have two people that brought the eternal flame down. And after the program, and like I said earlier, the theme was, you know, it just keeps on hurting. And so they had that on the program brochure, that, uh, and everybody sang that. And then everybody lights a candle at the same time. And, you know, that makes for a massive scene. But then you better put it out because it'll burn down your hand, even though they give you a little old thing. I had, I had wax all over my hand by the time I got up there, and my candle was about burned out. But... Uh, it's uh, it's really unique, and and the people that you meet, you stand there and you talk. It's almost like a family reunion because you talk about their experience with Elvis, or how you knew Elvis, or how you first become an Elvis fan. And you know, this goes back to the fifties, and I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. I saw I saw Elvis in a uh, he did a concert in Grenada in a little old bitty gym. And a friend of mine's daddy was a disc jockey down there, and he came home and he told his he told his wife, he said, "Good gosh, you should have seen this guy down there. He won't make it another week. I don't know why I even hooked up my equipment for <laughs> for him down there, you know. But he was traveling around early, just hitting these little towns, you know, a town like Water Valley." They tell me that uh, Water Valley, he wanted a hundred dollars, and they couldn't come up with fifty dollars for his concert. So he didn't play Water Valley. He went on down to Grenada. But uh, I've been told, for example, one time he had some kind of gig in Arkansas, and they had to cross back into Mississippi. And in Tunica, Mississippi, he and his buddies in his band were having a meal, and then the early 1950s they look really odd yeah with their style and everything else and these old good old boys in tunica mississippi decided to start saying words and next thing you know there's a fight yeah between elvis and these guys and i knew one of the guys oh you did yeah well they had one of those same situations in grenada oh really yeah and red west says that well he had a girl that would sing with him named dixie Mm -hmm. and uh she hasn't been deceased very long and she said they had to fight at the White Kitchen was the name of a place, just like you're talking about. Uh-huh. And uh, they used it in one of the movies, uh, one of about, about the second or third movie. The director heard the story, and them were talking about it. And they put it in the movie where, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, he throws uh, a guy up against the jukebox, and it starts playing. And they used that scene. He said that it was created what happened in Grenada. It's the same thing you're talking about it happened at Tunica. So that, and I know he got in a fight one time at uh, Pig and Whistle, a little drive in like a Sonic back in the day in Memphis. And 
with his sideburns. Somebody said, hey, sideburns, you know, and all this. Uh-huh. I think Elvis whipped about four or five of them. Did he? Yeah, because he was pretty, you know, he was agile, obviously. You've seen him move. And, uh, and I heard Bob Hope last night just on a Bob Hope thing say, and this was black and white, and it was in 1958, and he said, I heard today that Elvis Presley passed his uh he passed his physical for the military. He said, boy, I feel safe now. I feel a lot better. <laughs> I don't know if that meant it was more women around or he was safer for the country. But but anyway, but, you know, everybody, it was just, it was phenomenal. It, it, it was, it was pressing. And we talked about that in that vigil going up and going all the way up the sidewalk, all the way to the top as you go up to the house and you stay in line and you I'm have to I'm assuming it's quiet too? It's quiet, yes, and it really is it's peaceful and then they it, 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 the people I can't even imagine anybody getting in a ruckus or anything at all because it's with that many people you know I I don't know what the crowd was I know before it's been 50,000 or so back in the past I'd say probably it's dwindled down to maybe 20,000 or 25,000 but I've been there when they had to go all night with the candles, the daylight, the sun coming up and before everybody got up there. And I'd say everybody got up there by 3 o'clock uh, this, week, this year. But that's, that's a big crowd when you and you move fast. They don't let you stay at the grave, but just a second. They'll let you take pictures as you walk around it, you know. And people are still crying. Older people are crying and younger people. You know, I, I said something to my wife about a boy about 10, 11 years old. He was just standing there watching, and I just wonder what they think about stuff like that because that just don't happen this day and time that uh, something like that has gone on. And here I'm supposed to be macho, John Wayne's well, my, you know, hero. but arguably not um, yeah. macho. Suppose I, I always throw that in, but uh, it's still it. You know, it makes me feel like uh, I, I have to explain why I thought so much of Elvis because Elvis was really a good person, and it, as, it, that's what we talked about as we all went up. You know, and we would intermingle and talk with each other, and uh, as we go up, and not the same group, and everybody, oh, you ahead of me, I'm ahead of you, I'm not ahead of you, you ahead of me, go ahead, you know, y'all go ahead, and uh, it's just it's it's really something that's you can't really explain it because you got to almost be there. And that's the reason I, my wife had never been, and she's not from here, so uh, she had never been. And uh, although she's well, from, she's a, from another, another country. country, and they love him. That's what I was going to ask. <clears throat> yeah, oh, they love him. When we got married, uh, they uh, the Philippines is where in the from. Philippines. When we got married over there, it was a big wedding, and it was in a a, a nice, real nice uh, hotel, and uh, the night before, and they did karaoke and. Ninety percent of the stuff was Elvis stuff, <laughs> and you know here it is. Here that was four years ago. So you know it it just don't die. It just it just keeps on a hurting, and uh, so um, I miss him because I, I would have loved to have seen how it would have turned out if Elvis would have lived and 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 like Jerry Lee Lewis who lives just down the street in Nesbitt, Mississippi. And this guy's still alive. And, you know, I would have bet, 
I would have bet the ranch that Jerry Lee Lewis would be gone before Elvis, and he still entertains. I'm surprised he made it out of the 50s. I know. I mean, it's unbelievable the way it happened. And here, this guy's still entertaining, and Elvis is gone and dead. But Elvis was so big, and uh, his people really didn't take care of him. He had good friends like George Klein, and I'm surprised, who I think passed this year. Yeah, he did. He did, and... uh, I had a car that Elvis bought George Klein, a 63 Chevy Impala convertible, and I got it at Union Chevrolet, and uh, that was another small connection there. That, And, I, oh, I got a lot of girls with that car, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably told him you were fifth cousins yeah. to the king. Yeah. I said, oh, rumor, rumor has it that we're cousins, uh, uh, but he don't claim me. His daddy don't claim me. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway... Now, has this love of Elvis passed on, for example, within your own family? Yeah, as my kids went on and, you know, they went to an academy and then every year the graduation class, I don't know, the lady that was a uh, kindergarten teacher was a, she put on a different type show. But for all my grandkids, I think she did it on purpose because she knew we were so big, too. She'd have an Elvis impersonator and all the theme would be Elvis stuff. And so my kids did, and and then my kids went to the funeral also. Did they? Yeah, they went to the funeral. We carried them up there, you know, <laughs> to Memphis immediately. And uh, then the first year they had a 10K run, and my daughter ended up being a real good uh, track star, and she uh, ran that 10K. That was her first run, the Elvis 10K. We did it from Graceland around Memphis and back across the interstate and back through, and, and it was really good, and, and uh, my son ran it, too. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, it's car- it carried on in my family. I mean, they uh, they really were Elvis fans, but, uh, you know, grandkids don't really get the same connection but my kids lived it, so they uh, they understand, and uh, so it was. It's it's a it's a phenomenal. It just keeps on a hurting. It keeps on a going. Well, we're glad that you and your wife could make it to last week's candlelight vigil at Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee. Again, the forty second year now that Elvis has died. He's been dead as many years as he was alive, and that has to be a little bit ironic. That is, it's ironic like a lot of the stuff. And, you know, you go back to Gladys being 42 also, his mother. How did she die? She died of natural causes, I assume. But I believe she had thyroid problems. I think she gained that weight. If you've seen pictures of her, she's thin and she's attractive. But uh, as time got on, you know, even by the time Elvis was first entertaining, she was gaining a lot of weight. It looked like swelling and swelling in her eyes. So I I think she probably had something that uh, could be treated today that was not then. And she died, of course, when Elvis was drafted into the military, which that's another good thing. I'd like to give him, you know, give a shout out to how impressive I am of him going on to the military in the peak of his career and going to Germany. And a lot of people say that's where he got on uppers and downers on guard duty out in Germany in the snow and the cold. And, you know, two years away from being at the peak, he could have done anything. He could have he could have been an entertainer. You know, it's not like uh, Cassius Clay, who, you know, he said he was a conscientious objector, and he didn't go. He stayed out. They didn't even take him. 
But Elvis went on and gave up the two, probably could have been the two best years. Now he recorded Colonel Parker, who clipped Elvis for so much money, it's unbelievable. But he uh, had him recording songs before he left, and they'd release them, you know, periodically while he was in Germany and all that stuff. So it kind of kept him, you know, in the headline a little bit, but not like when he was here entertaining and all. So. Well, since he was a veteran, did he have a flag on his casket? Uh, you know, I did not get to see the casket. They kept us away from there. And uh, he didn't have one uh, on the coffin. When I saw him when they put him in the mausoleum, and and they had it was a it was a lead lead casket that it, they they had it flown in from France, and it was so heavy had to have two or three extra pallbearers. And when they carried it in the mausoleum, you know his body, they tried to steal his body. That's the reason they moved him to Graceland. But he didn't. It was not on that. Uh, we we got to follow the. Uh, the procession to the uh, cemetery, Forest Hill, and and we got to walk down to the mausoleum. And we walked down there with so many flowers, it was unbelievable. But when they took that uh, out of the hearse, I don't remember seeing a flag. Okay. It could have been, but okay. I don't remember. I, I don't remember seeing it either, but it certainly he, he was qualified to have that, having served in the United States Army. Jerry, uh, my deepest sympathies to you, sir. Well, I appreciate it. And there again, I'm supposed to be macho, but uh, you can't help but get a little tear in my eye when I think about what Elvis was and what he could have been if he'd have lived. So, yeah. uh, Luckily, because of his acting, I won't say because of his, his singing, not necessarily for his acting, he has this record that we can always go back to and listen and, and enjoy and pass that on to generation after generation. Thank you, Mr. Takapola Storyteller. Well, thank you, but, on, you know, just to one point on his act. Or should I say thank you? Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. I'm leaving the building now. But uh, he, uh, you know, he was a number one paid actor in Hollywood there for years. Yeah. And uh, the first, when he had a good supporting cast, he had a good movie. But then they started making those doggone B movies, as I call them, because he got the same money. He got a million a movie. so And that was big money back then. And they just kept on throwing them at him. So he, he could have been, you know, Barbara Streisand of... Uh, Barbara Streisand, not one of my favorite entertainers, but she she begged Colonel Parker to let him play in A Star is Born. And I think Chris Christopherson or someone did that. But Elvis wanted to do it, but Parker wouldn't let him. Huh. That darn Colonel Parker. Well, Jerry, thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, okay, John, looking forward to it, and I'll see you then, buddy. All right, this is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode of the show that's all about the South. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. 
cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, crossfit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use his directive. Hey, y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter, and one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires. Which means, always B-Y-O-B. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are, you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.